you so much for uh, being here today. If you're joining us, uh, worshiping online, wherever you are, thank you for uh, joining us that way. We're glad that you have chosen to spend a few moments with us. Welcome to week one of our 2022 relationship series. We always tend to do a series on relationships this time of year, and I just want to, before I jump in any further, give 100% credit for this message to my wife, and you'll know why here in just a minute. So let me ask you this question. How many of you are married? Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. Yep, okay, good. How many of you are not married? Raise your hand. Single? Yep, keep your hand up for a second. How many of you wish you were? See, guys, this is a reason why you should be in church today and not worshiping online alone. You just missed a golden opportunity, right? <clears throat> How many of you would say, like, I'm off the market? Just raise your hand. I'm, all, I'm double hands off the market right now. I'm off the market. Somebody, how many of you would say, I found the one? Have you found the one? Raise your hand. Found the one. <clears throat> okay. You met and you married the one. Now, how many of you want to trade? You want to trade out? Just <laughs> Don't raise, there was one hand. I can't even look right now. I can't even look. <clears throat> That's funny. I love whenever someone meets the one, they're all fired up. Oh, you're not gonna believe what happened. This guy's perfect. He's incredible. He's awesome. How do you know? How do you know? It's goosebumps. <laughs> and what's so funny to me is how fast that becomes the one that drives you crazy, right? <laughs> you know, you, you meet Mr. or Mrs. Perfect, and six months later, you, you file a restraining order, right? <laughs> they, so this crazy world we're living in, and we need to talk about relationships to you know, have everything you're supposed to have for your life to work. And our culture tells us this, and we feel this, and a lot of times we lean hard into this, the way to, I have to find the one. I have to find the one. And this is where we start to realize that there's some challenges uh, facing this in our lives. And the statistics seem to indicate that finding the one is more challenging than you might think. Maybe even elusive would be the right word. So let me share with you some very alarming stats. They came from uh, this gal. Her name is Dr. Holly Hine. In a book called Sexual Detour, she states that nearly 70% of men, married men, and 60% of married women have affairs. And I say that cautiously today with a tender heart, knowing that there's some of you that have walked through the pain of this. Some of you maybe even are dealing with this right now, and I'm not saying this because I wanna dig up things from the past or rub salt on a wound. If anything, I want you to know you're not alone. But I also want you to know that God has a plan for our relationships, and, and when we think about these statistics, and they, they kind of set in, see, part of the challenge is that the statistics that we read about, they're no different in the church than they are outside of the church, which scares me. There's something not right with that. In her book, Dr. Holly Hines, she said uh, that in the U.S., less than half the couples that will marry stay married for 15 years. Somewhere between every 10 to 13 seconds, another couple divorces. And when we hear this, our hearts just break. And we would have to admit together, don't we, that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something's not right. In all of our dreams and expectations, which you guys, listen, those are things that God has put in us when we hear these statistics, it just seems that our hopes seem to be shaken, and maybe even this is all delusional, that it could even work. So I was trying to think about a way to <clears throat> help just kind of let this settle in, the, the gravity of these stats. And so here's how we're going to do it. How many of you have one of those um, 
video doorbells. Do you have a video doorbell? Raise your hand. Do you have a video doorbell? <clears throat> I have a video doorbell. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot having a video doorbell. <clears throat> and I think it's important for us to, to be aware of this very important thing, and that's this. There are bear in my neighborhood. Okay? I didn't know that before. Now I see the bears. I see the bears. My neighbors who are here today, they have a chicken coop in their backyard. The bears came and ate all their chickens. Yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking, right? That's next door to Doug. That scares me, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, this is scary. But, you know, they always give you this bing, you know, it hits. And they're like, hey, neighborhood alert, right? 1.2 miles from your house. Like, here's a bear. Like, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, right? I just want you to imagine, just play along with me for a second. That your phone ring app hits you and it says, bing, you know, neighborhood alert. 50% chance that when you send your kids to the bus stop tomorrow, they're going to get mauled by a bear. How do you think you'd handle that? Right? You'd be like, Jimmy, come here. Come here. Need you to put these running shoes on, kid. Okay? <laughs> There's one thing I want you to focus on. One thing. Little Billy down the street, you are faster. You are faster. <laughs> And you just got to beat that kid to the bus, right? Is that what you'd say? Here's some bear spray, right? Like, no, no way. If you knew there was a 50% chance your kid was going to get mauled by a bear, man, you'd do something. You'd probably drive him to school or, for some of you, you'd full-on hunting gear. Come on, let's go. And you'd go to the bus stop together, right? Like we, but in the same tone, listen, 50% is a extraordinarily, can you imagine, this is a like, I do. Yes, you do. Okay, all right, I do. You know, here we go, honey. Ready? Tails I win, tails you, or heads you lose, right? Like, here we go. What's up? Did we make it? Did we make it or not? Guys, is there something wrong in our culture today? Is this the way God wants us to live our lives? There's something here. This is not what we've been dreaming about, and that's why I say we better do something very, we better get very passionate about doing everything possible that we can to be on the other side of these stats. And yet the stats seem to verify this key is really about finding our one. We've got to find the right one. And so here's our main thought for this weekend, and it's this. Make sure you lock this one down. It's for all of us. Married, it's for those of you that are students. Please listen to me today, students, and those of you that are single, those of you that are single again. It's so important. If you're taking notes, please write this down. The main thought is this. To be fulfilled, I must find the one. I must find the one. To have fullness of joy in our relationships, to know true happiness, to be fully satisfied, you have to find the one. Which leads us to a very important question, doesn't it? How in the world do we know when we found the one? How do we know? So we need to talk about relational priorities, and we need to look again today at a vitally important passage of Scripture, and it's likely you've heard this before, but this is what I want you to do today. I want you to put on the lens of relationships when I get ready to read this verse to you, and I want you to look at it by way of the relationships that we have. And this is a really big deal. I promise it has the potential to radically change your relationships. And remember, it's clear. It is clear that it is high time that we do something very different if we hope to defy the cultural norms and the cultural trends around us. So let me take you to this passage of scripture. If you have your Bibles or your smartphones, you can turn to Matthew chapter 22. An expert in the law comes to Jesus with intentions to trip him up and he asks him this question of all the commandments, which is the most important one? Which of these is the most vital? 
And Jesus answered. Again, remember, I want you to look at this through the lens of relationships today. And Jesus replied in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And I know what you're thinking right now. Doug, we've, we've heard this one. We've heard this one before. Hold on. Because I need you to see what Jesus said. Again, context of relationships. We must find our one. Jesus says this about this statement in verse 38. Read it with me. This is the and. Say it again. First and greatest. Don't ever forget that. Seems to me that if Jesus said this, we better listen up. This can't be taken lightly. Jesus said this is the first and the greatest. First and the greatest. We have to find our one. And I know some of you are already in the process of formulating your email to me. But now I want you to see what I'm talking about. Love God first. He's your first. And our culture has this so wrong. Because we think if we find the right one, everything's gonna be okay. That's not how it works. Because the second, the right one, that you think is the right one, isn't doing everything as we hear in our culture to complete you, what do we think? I found the wrong one. So I need to go find the right one. I actually believe this is the key to it all. So the common language of today helps us understand why this is so important and why there's an epidemic in our relationships. You see, when a guy meets a cute girl, he's very interested, it goes something like this. Man, it just feels different. She's special, man, she is special. And I get these like tingly feelings, my gosh, she's so awesome. Now if that's me, you go home, you get out the old air supply cassette tape, right? (laughs) And it's just perfect, it's perfect. And I know what some of you are thinking right now, like, what? Air what? Air what? This actually happened on Saturday. This is a true story. My daughter, Megan, she's sitting right here. On Saturday morning, I was going over my notes, and Megan was sitting on the couch, kind of close to me, and my wife was sitting on this beanbag chair that she sits to pray and, and read her Bible in every morning. And so I was like, I think they're far enough along in their devotions. It's time to just spice this thing up a bit. So I put air supply on. Because I knew I was talking about that. And my daughter, Megan's like, Dad, what is that? Simultaneously, my wife is singing her lungs out over here in the beanbag chair. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to get on Spotify that right now, okay? So when a girl meets a guy, she's like, oh, he's so sweet. I mean, have you seen the way he looks in those jeans? Golly, his voice, it's kind of raspy. And you're like, that's puberty, sweetheart, right? That's puberty, (laughs) I like the way he talks to me, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he stands with Jesus, but he's got scriptures tattooed on his body. I think it's the one, right? He could be the one. He could be. So here's where I'm going with this. For once, I would like to hear two Christ followers who meet someone special and feel excited about each other say something like this. Could it be? Could it be that I have found my number two? You see, this is a completely different way of understanding how relationships work. And this is so, so different. Because anytime, listen to me, please hear this. Everyone in this room, everyone listening, please listen. Anytime we put our attention on another human being to be the one, to be the one that completes me, 
That's an enormous amount of pressure that no human being was ever meant to carry. And here's what you need to hear me say. It won't work. It won't work. That's not the way it's supposed to be. God is to be the one in your spouse or the one you're in relationship with is to be the two. That's the way it is supposed to be. So my main thought is very, very accurate. I must find the one. To be fulfilled, I must find the one. This is the first and the greatest, to love the Lord your God first and with everything you've got, with all your heart and with all of your mind and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. And for those of you that aren't married, for those of you that hope to be married one day, you need to hear this. Please hear me. If you are pursuing marriage more than you are pursuing God, that's idolatry. That's not meant to be. That's one of the top 10, guys, one of the top 10 commandments. God wants to be your one. To be fulfilled, I must find the one. God is to be your one and your spouse is to be your two. And today, we're talking about a commitment to right priorities, which leads us to this statement that I want you to be making. I want you to remind yourself of this uh, all throughout the course of this week. I promise that God will be my number one priority and my spouse will be my number two. If you're married, that is true. If your marriage is not working as you know it should, I would suspect that one of the very real reasons for this is that at least one of you, if not both, are struggling to have your priorities correct. Your priorities are out of line. So to you students and to you young adults that are here, if you're getting serious with someone, if you're single again, listen, you have a huge advantage to make a decision today to have these priorities right and to have an expectation that the person that you will date and someday Mary would have the same priority. This is important. If you're married and you're here today and, and you're saying, Doug, I'm facing a challenge because my spouse isn't a Christ follower, I wanna challenge you with this thought. What we're talking about today applies to you too and the most important thing that you can do is not live with all of this frustration about your spouse's situation in place with their walk with God. You focus on yours. It's the best hope you have. To focus on on this other individual is is not gonna help you to live with Christ being your number one. And our culture is so focused on relationship. If you're single, you need to know that in this season, God's called you to your singleness. And God is still to be your number one. And my prayer is that you're gonna be focused on your one in a different kind of way. And to get this foundation right instead of trying to fix a broken one later is important, so we must protect this priority. You hear me talk about this a lot. Like if you go back to Genesis, you can see the building block for humanity is relationships, right? It's relationships, that's the way this works, it's relationships. And I also talk a lot about how our enemy wants to come against and defeat anything that God has created to be right. And so in marriages, the enemy is gonna come and try and blow this thing up. He's gonna do that, steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. One goal, to destroy what's near and dear to the heart of God. So God established this marriage covenant and it's God's chosen building block. And you can neglect your marriage and you can neglect your number one for a while and no one will know, but you keep neglecting it and everyone will know. So we have to protect the priority. And it's easier said than done, isn't it? It's easier said than done. But there will always be things that compete for these other spots. So I need to share something with you. And if you're a Cowboys fan, my apologies. 
When Jimmy Johnson, the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, first got hired by the team, he immediately divorced his wife, immediately. And he was asked, why, why did you do that? And he said that he needed a wife at the college level to show stability to the parents of the young men that he was trying to recruit. But when he became a pro coach, he said that winning was now his number one priority. And he didn't have time for his wife anymore. His two sons they were second. They didn't take as much time. And he was okay. He was okay with his kids being around. But his wife of 27 years no longer fit the plans. That's what he said publicly. Can you imagine? We're like, what? Right? There's not a woman in this room right now that's not in throat punch mode. Like, <laughs> don't like that guy, right? Of course you don't. And, and listen, for all of us, we hear that and we're like, what? And yet, here's the problem. We all live this way, if we're not careful. You might not say it. Listen, you're not that dumb, right? But you'll let other things work their way into place of priority where you might not be saying that or doing that, but that's how you're living. And that's not okay. Your career will always, always try and fight to take the number one and the number two slots because, listen, we want to be successful. It feels right, but before long, if we're not careful, as we're climbing that ladder, we're pushing our relationships down and you're pushing your number one down. And that's a very scary and troubling place to be. Scripture says it this way in Ephesians chapter five, which I have used in every wedding that I've ever done, the Apostle Paul was writing to us men and he said, for husbands, this means that you will love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Okay, what did he do? What did he do? Oh, he gave up his life for her. That seems like priority at a different kind of level, doesn't it, guys? It's very different. Another one that can very easily take over our lives and push our priorities out of order, some of you, no, what I'm talking about is our, is our kids, right? Our kids can do this. And that's, our kids are a great thing, right? Our kids aren't a bad thing, but they're demanding little, little boys and girls, aren't they? They are demanding. And we know we're called to love them and invest in them and do the best that we can to raise them in a way that will help them to understand God. But listen, man, trust, I had four of them. They, we had four children under five years of age. I mean, putting them to bed when Beth wasn't home took all day. It took all day. It was unbelievable. And without even realizing it, they can climb to the top dominant spot of our lives. But here's what I've learned, and you know this is true too. The very best thing that I can give to my kids is knowing who my number one is. The very best thing. And the second best thing that I can give to my kids is knowing who my number two is. And they need to know that too. It's important to bring that kind of stability at home and we must never forget that. Andy Stanley, pastor in Atlanta, said it this way. For those of you that are having children, he said, never forget your kids will one day be gone and you need to still be in love when they leave. It's a big deal, isn't it? Again, easier said than none. What is that about? Priority number one and priority number two. And then he also said, you wanna create an environment in your home where your kids will wanna come back even when they don't have to. How do you do that? Priority number one, priority number two. The best thing that we can do is to keep God first and our marriage second. And sometimes, listen, don't you know that sometimes this is true? I think this is true. Do you think this is true? That sometimes we can maybe spend more time with our virtual friends on social media than we do our immediate family. Do you think that's true? 
Ready? I'm gonna prove it. Take out your phone. I mean it. Take your phone out right now. <clears throat> you have your phone in your hand. So what I want you to do now is uh, go to settings. Go to settings. <clears throat> and I want you to click on that neat little part of the settings thing in your iPhone that says screen time. Go ahead. Click on it right now. And I want you to hold that up to your spouse right now. Or if you're here with a friend or a loved one, I want you to hold it up to them right now and say, did I spend this much time with you this week? That's one day. That's one day's worth of screen time, right? Are we prioritizing our lives right, guys? Listen, if you can spend, somebody just yell a number. What was your day? What was your day? Screen time. Give me your screen time. One person. Two hours and 11 minutes. You know what, bro? Seriously, that's low. That is low. 11 minutes. Okay. You're like, just got his phone yesterday. <laughs> but listen, this is, this, yeah, you need to go to last week, not just today, because today it's clicking 11 minutes. You just picked up your phone for the first time. But what I'm, okay, put your phones away or we're going to prove that I'm really true with this one, that they can be a distraction. Some of you are checking your stock report right now. You need to not do that, okay, right? Your text messages can wait. You need to listen to what I'm saying. Um, but listen, this is so true. It's easy to be distracted and, and you're wondering why things are not working. Listen, please hear me as we establish the foundation for this series as we're looking at what does it take to have healthy relationships? And this is not just about marriage relationships. Obviously, that's part of it. It's about all of our relationships. Have, have these relationships working the way God intended. God needs to be your number one priority. He needs to be your number one priority. And when these priorities are out of line, your relationships will always suffer. And I also want to be very careful here because I, I would definitely not want to give you the impression that old Dougie's got this one figured out. Because I fight the same battles that you do. And this is a daily battle. This is not easy. This is a daily battle. I can remember a few years ago, uh, I came home from work. Guys, just follow me here because you're going to know what I'm talking about. You're like, you come home and like, you're almost ready to touch the doorknob. And you're like... Something doesn't feel right. Have you had that? And you're like, walk carefully. Walk carefully, my friend. What I tell myself in those moments when I have that feeling, I'm like, don't say a word. Because this is what gets me in trouble. All that don't, just, just, just. And boy, is that a battle, right? I could just feel it. I walked in the house. And of course, you're thinking, did I forget something? It feels like I forgot something. Something's, I could feel tension. Something's not right. Is it best birthday today? Be like, no, it's not our birthday. Is it our anniversary? No, it's not our. Did I promise something that I didn't deliver on? Which is highly possible. No, I didn't. No, that's not it. Okay, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Hey, honey, how's it going? Not good. Okay. What's wrong, honey? Like that. This is not working. I'm like, okay, I thought it was working. <laughs> it seemed like the right answer. That was the wrong answer. That was the wrong answer. I'm like, baby, what's wrong? And this is why this is best sermon. She says, Doug, what's supposed to be your top priority? Overconfident? I'm like, I got this. You are, baby. You are. She's like, oh, no, no, no. That is not the way this works, and this is the problem. Because I'm not even your top priority right now. Doug, what is your top priority? I was like, wait, wait, before I answer, 
I need you to clearly understand that I have a calling from God to do what I do for a living, okay? <laughs> like, you need to know that. This, I'm doing really good things for Jesus, okay? I did not say that. <laughs> but that's the way I was living. You see, all of a sudden, what I do had slowly worked its way into my top priority. And that messes up things in the Miller home, too. I promise you it does. And Beth needed to challenge me with that. Listen, honey, you need to have God as your number one priority, and then me, and then the kids, and then all those good things you do for Jesus. Fair enough. And you see, I need to be reminded of this just like you need to be reminded of this because it's so sneaky the way the enemy works to get us off track. We all think, hey, listen, we all have excuses, don't we, for doing good things? Clearly, I haven't always had this one worked out personally, and when I realized that uh, with totally good intentions, I had put the ministry in the priority spot and put God way down and put Beth way down, it wasn't, listen, I gotta tell you something. I'm not a good person when my soul is depleted. I'm not. I get angry easy. I get selfish. I say things that I shouldn't say. And I'm hoping that I'm right about this, that I'm not the only one that has this problem. <laughs> and that's why we have to find our one, guys. The best hope that we have to experience and know the relationships that God created us to know is that we have to find our one and it needs to be him. That's why Jesus put it this way when he was teaching in Matthew 6, he said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, listen, and he will give you everything you need. Do you know what I have found to be true in my life? The moments of my life where these priorities are off are the seasons of my greatest regrets. It's true. Think back over your life. Think back over some of your greatest regrets. It's likely seasons where these priorities were out of order. And so here's what I wanna challenge you to do. I want this to be a week of daily prayer for you this week. And the first thing I want you to do is ask the Lord to help you to see if in your life he is your number one. Has something else ever so sneakily worked its way to the top priority? And then I want you to pray. After you've asked that, listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God to speak to you about this one. And after you have prayed this prayer and after you have asked God to reveal this to you, I want you to, I want you to follow his lead and what it looks like for you to put him in that top, top priority spot. Listen, if you're in this room and you're a student or you're single or single again, you pre-decide right now. This is non-negotiable. This is the way this works. I am not gonna be more passionate about being in a relationship than being in a relationship where the priorities are right. Predecide. And listen, if you're struggling to figure out what your life looks like, if you're not soul connected to Jesus the way you said, healthy soul, just ask your spouse, hey, what's it look like when I'm not dialed in with Jesus? Just ask them. I'll bet you they have an idea or two. And then how can we together work to see that look different. If you're married, I wanna challenge you with this thought. I want you to pray every single day with your spouse this week. Double dog dare you. And some of you are like, man, I don't know what to say. 
Just talk to God like you'd talk to anybody else. And I want you to pray over your spouse this week. Lord, I pray for Beth. That you would help her to live what we talked about at church this week. That you would help us together as a couple to have you in the top spot, priority number one. And that you would help us to recognize and realize any time our priorities are out of whack. And Lord, will you please help me to keep Beth as my number two? Will you help Beth to keep me as her number two? So that together we can have a God-honoring relationship the way you've called us to. I want you to spend some time thinking about this, praying about this. And listen, if you're in this room and you're not married at this point in season in your life, will you find someone to talk to about this this week? Listen, all of us, I don't care how old you are. You need to learn how to do this right now. If you're in this room and you're 10, figure it out. You'll be so much further along if we can understand the importance of these priorities. You must find your one. How? How? Seek first. Seek first. The kingdom of God.